me just let me go ahead and tell you up front. We're in the final week of this relationship series, Better Together. But I don't have all the answers. If you're looking to me and going, man, I hope you fix my marriage. I hope you fix all of the relationships that are wrong in my life. I've been single for 20 years, can't find somebody. I hate my job. I hate, I, you know, every, every relationship I've ever been in fails. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You're not going to get the answer from me. But I do know the answer, and I think God has the answer for every relationship. Say amen to that. I don't think you can have a healthy relationship, any relationship in your life, apart from Jesus being at the center of that relationship. I tell married couples that, that I marry, that I counsel beforehand, if you try to build this any, any other way, on any other foundation, it will not last. It will not last. I don't care how many books you read, how much counseling you go to, how, how much therapy you're in, how many. Uh, it does, honestly, all, I love it. I, I encourage it. I, I support it. We have Christian counselors in this church that I encourage couples to go to. But if you don't build your life around and on the foundation of God, it is destined to fail every single time. And so we're going to go to God for answers, not me or my opinion, because I've been married 20 years, and y'all, I still don't know. Come on, everybody. Like, some of y'all been married 30, all the 30-year, 30 25-, 30-year people were yet. There you are, 40 years. Anybody 40 years? Where you at? Nobody. No, anybody got two 20 years? You know? No, 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 don't, 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 don't. <laughs> you, you know, after, after 10, 20, 30, 40 years, you still don't know. And, and, and we don't have all the answers, but God does. And so last week, if you're just jumping into this series, we asked the question, especially if you're single, are you the, are you the person, or are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? In other words, uh, instead of having a list for what they ought to be, what, do you have a list for how you can be? And then you'll attract who it is that you become. Are you, are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? I always think it's funny when people say, well, I want a godly man. And I say, well, are you godly? I want a, I want a woman who prays. Well, do you pray? I, I, want, I, want, a, I want somebody who's, sir, I always tell our church, if they're not on the dream team, I w- I'd leave them today, like today. I just This would be the last day we went out. Well, I mean, I'd get lunch out of it. And then, and then I'd be like, that's it. I'm done. You, you don't serve. You don't tithe. You don't, like, I, like, I need somebody all in. But you've got to be the person. That the person you're looking for is looking for. And, and, and it's because you can't control everybody else. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever been in a relationship with a controlling person who, who thinks they can change you? you? You can't change somebody you're going to marry. I always say it like this. Marriage is like winning the lottery. You know, if you're stingy before you win the lottery, you're going to be stingy after you win the lottery. You know that, right? You know, people always say, Pastor, if I, man, if I ever strike a rich, I'm going to tithe. No, you won't. If you don't tithe before you win the lottery, you won't tithe with the lottery. I'm, I'm preaching right now. You can say amen to that. If you don't watch the Ford you got, you won't watch the Mercedes you're praying for. This won't happen. If you don't clean the 600-square-foot apartment you got, you won't clean the ranch you're asking God for. And if, you, if you're a jerk now, you're going to be a married jerk when you get married. You just become more of what you already are. It doesn't fix you. You, you, you can't fix them. As a matter of fact, write this down. Your biggest relationship issue... It's not with your spouse, your partner, the person you're with. The biggest relationship issue you got is the person you look at when you brush your teeth every morning. It's the person in the mirror, not the person across the table. The biggest relationship issue you got, people come and go, Pastor, we got marriage problems. No, you probably got you problems you've brought into your marriage. 
I rarely counsel people with married problems. I often meet people who have single people problems they carried into their marriage. And instead of for working on you, 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 you brought them to, so I can fix them. Or your counselor can fix them. Or God can fix them. The biggest relationship issue you got is with the person you look at every morning in the mirror, not the person across the table. And we sort of see these ideals and we have this, have this grandiose idea. Let me tell you the worst thing that happened to marriages. You look at me. The Hallmark Channel. Worst thing that could possibly happen because we, everybody looks at the Hallmark Channel and we go, why can't you be like Candace Cameron? Why can't you be like that? Why can't you, why can't you be a husband that I met in a florist who also is Italian and who cooks? Why can't you be like the person in the Hallmark Channel? Why, 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 why can't you be like the Disney movie? Why can't in 90 minutes we fix everything about us? And we sort of set up this ideal thing that we have, you know, that... This is the way it's going to be. And little girls grow up doing this. I have a seven-year-old little girl who is just, y'all don't ruin it for her. She just now is kind of, is figuring out, you know, about marriage. She's asking, you know, if I get married. And so the thing I'm trying to convince her of now is when she gets married, she still has to live with me. And she can't quite figure it out. But y'all better not tell her no different. And so, and so if little girls have dreams. You know, they, uh, look, when, when girls grow up, they dream about their wedding day and, and what it's going to look like and their wedding dress and they draw it out, their you know, this wedding dress and, 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 and they dream about their husband carrying them across the threshold of the little house that's got a white picket fence and two little dogs in, in the dens, a perfect house and girls grow up naming their kids. Did you ever do this? Like you would name your kid, like you were nine years old and you would write the name of your kids. Did anybody ever do that? And it was the goofiest names. Like you wanted to name both of your boys Jonathan Taylor Thomas. You know what I mean? Like everybody, everybody, everybody wanted, you like you just, girls just had this ideal about their life. It's going to go perfect. I'm going to have the perfect wedding. We're going to have the perfect house. We're going to have the perfect kids. I'm going to have the perfect husband. Guys have a different dream. Boys don't grow up thinking about the wedding. They don't grow up thinking about the threshold. They don't grow up naming their kids. Men dream about sex twice a day and three times on Sunday. And that's it. Come on, everybody. Like that's it. That's basically where our dreams stop until we get married. It's just, the, 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 the biggest dream we have as a man, when we know we've arrived, when our wives bring us cold drinks and hot wings to our man cave. That whoever that was, you better take notes up there because I'm going to help you today. Like this, this is all we got. We got. How many of you men are still dreaming this is going to happen one day? One day I'm going to get a man cave. Just keep, keep the faith, brother. One day it's going to work out. and Everybody's still kind of looking for the ideal. We have this thing in our mind where it's going to be perfect. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be this way. She's going to be awesome. He's going to be awesome. And they have this worldly ideal of what it's supposed to be. And, 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 and I know it, I'm trying to make light of it, but it's honest. So, so many people go into relationships with this ideal about what, what it's supposed to be like, but it's not anything like that. You, you get married and you realize, I live in the real world and my reality is not what's on Hallmark. My reality is not like what it is in the movies or what I thought it would be or the dream that I sort of had when I was growing up. The reality is over 50% of marriages end in divorce. And of those who fill out surveys who, who are still married, the majority of them say they're miserable. We aren't divorced yet, but we're miserable. In the, that's reality. There's this ideal that the world kind of gives you. It's supposed to look like that. But in fact, the, 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 the reality is it's, it's nothing like that. The real in our world causes so many people to question whether I can even have a good marriage. Like, is it even possible? 
Like, is, have we gone too far? Have we done too much? Is it too bad? Have we, you know, did we just mess up too far? And, and, and we can't get fixed. Like, I've messed my life up. My marriage ended or this relationship is over. Or I'm still in a marriage, but we've been here so long. We've raised kids. What do we do now? And, and you just wonder whether it's even possible. Look at me in the eyes. And let me tell you, without any reservation, the answer is emphatically yes. You can have a godly God-honoring, joy-filled, passionate marriage. You can have a relationship that's awesome. It is God's plan for you. Say amen to that, everybody. You really can. But it's not going to happen. Look at me. It's not likely if you keep doing the things everybody else does. If you keep doing the things you've always done or the things everybody else does, you're going to get the same thing they all get. If you do what comes normal and natural to everybody else, what culture says is normal, then you're just going to say, oh, oh, well, I mean, their marriages are miserable. I guess I'm going to have a miserable marriage. This is the way they live. This is the way we're going to live. And you're going to get the same results they get every single time. Well, I, if I just keep living this way and, 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 you know, we just keep allowing our dysfunction to exist, allowing all that, we don't deal with our issues. It's insane, honestly. Like to get a driver's license, you got to go to, to, to a class, you got to take multiple classes, you got to drive with an instructor multiple times, you have to take a state mandated test. Get hours of training, drive with your mama, and, and, and then, then you get a driver's license. To get a marriage license in any state in the United States of America, you just got to have a signature and $75. And it's the second largest decision you'll make in your life after following Christ is who you marry. And it's just this easy. And there's no preparation. And, and I, didn't, I didn't plan. And we, we're in love. Love is going to make a way for about a month. For, for a couple of weeks, if you're lucky, you'll get three or four months out of it. And then, and then you'll realize that we, didn't, we didn't have that. Like just, and, and, and anytime we preach about relationships, anytime I sort of bring this up, it brings up so many feelings for so many people. It really does. This is a, it's a hard subject to broach because everybody comes from somewhere. Everybody's experience is different. We all come from different kind of families. You ever look around your family and go, i got to be adopted. There's no way I'm real. I'm, there's no way these people are real. There's just no way. I go to family. I'm from Arkansas. I'm related to everybody. 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 Every, I just, whatever, just whoever. I'm, I'm sure we're cousins. I'm confident of it. I, there's just time. You, you didn't pick your family. You didn't pick your family of origin. You didn't pick parents who, who their marriage was terrible and screaming and yelling and cussing and fussing and beating and. You didn't pick that. You didn't pick to be raised by your grandparents who, 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 who weren't able to, to give the love that you needed, the compassion that you needed, the care. You didn't pick none of that. And so you get all of this stuff. The reality is we live in blended families. You're trying to raise his kids, trying to raise her kids, trying to move our kids in together. The reality is you're on your second marriage, your third marriage, and things aren't looking so good right now. The reality is you're adopted or you're raising adopted children. The reality is you're raising kids or you're raising somebody else's kids. And doing the best you can, stepping in. The reality is there's single parents in this church and you're doing the best you can. The reality is you've got family in the military and they're overseas and they're gone for months or sometimes years at a time and they're disconnected. That's reality. Now listen close. And what happens between the reality that we live and the ideal that we wish we have is this gap in tension. And if you're not careful, society will tell you to get rid of the gap. That, that the ideal will never happen for you. That it's just never going to be that way. 
That you're never going to have a happy marriage. That you're never going to find the right person. That God's never going to fix what's broken inside every relationship you've ever had. That you just got to deal with what it is. This is reality. I guess this is all I'll ever have. That what's real is you're going through a divorce or you're thinking about it. What's real is you got a kid who walked away from God. Walked away from your house. You don't even know. There's members of our dream team right now praying for children who've walked away. I don't even know where they are today. The reality is you got a spouse who's at home right now where you're at church giving your best and they don't want anything to do with God. There's this gap in between what's real and what's ideal. And there's a tension there that society tells you just give in. The tension's not worth it. That culture will tell you to get rid of all the tension in the gap. That if you'll just settle down into what you've got, like it's, and it's okay. And we live in this culture that tries to normalize, look at me, they normalize dysfunction. You don't believe me, just record one episode of the Kardashians. Just one, because if you watch any more, you're going to go to hell. There's just no way. Just one. I'm giving you a hall pass on one. There's no, there's no way you can stay saved and watch anything else. We normalize dysfunction. His kids, her kids, my kids, their kids, living here, living there, dysfunction. We don't live together. Four, five, six, seven, eight, ten sexual partners here and there and every. This marriage doesn't work, so I'll go to that one. This marriage doesn't work, so I'll go to that one. I'm questioning sexuality and what we do and is this even right? Is marriage even right? And we normalize dysfunction and they'll just tell you, quit striving for what's best, just settle for what is. This is who we are. This is just what it is. This is, it's, just, it's always going to be this way. And, and, and we bring everybody down. And listen, I don't mean to be like a, a political statement out of this. But we live in a culture that gives every kid a trophy even if he doesn't win. You know what that means? That means we bring everybody down to the lowest common denominator and say everybody's okay. Look into my eyes. Don't allow culture to bring your relationships down to the lowest common denominator just because they're dysfunctional doesn't mean you gotta be. Just because their marriage ended doesn't mean your has to end. Just because they're addicted to pornography doesn't mean you have to be. Just because they're not working out doesn't mean God doesn't have something better for you. Shout amen to that. Like I'm fighting for your marriage more than you are. Because we normalize dysfunction and we bring everybody down to the lowest common denominator. We normalize people who are single in their 40s, 50s, 60s. You don't have to get married. You, you live, and listen, maybe there's a rare occasion where that's true. But, 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 but we just tell everybody, well, it's okay. You can just live any life you want to. You can just do anything you want to. You, you can live in, no, 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 no. The truth is, just because this is my reality, we're going through a divorce. We don't know what's happening. I'm on my second marriage. We're struggling financially. We haven't slept together in months. He lives in a different bedroom. This is my reality. But I'm not going to dumb down the ideal life that God has for me just to match my reality. I'm going to continue to strive in the tension for what's best. And relationships are built in the tension. Let me tell you when you'll change your mind about it. You, 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 you'll just settle down. And, and, and you'll, get, you'll get to where you think, well, I guess this is the way it's going to be. Don't worry about divorce. Don't worry about the dysfunction. Don't worry about all this stuff. This is just real life. Let me tell you when it changes. The truth is, when you start to think about your kids and grandkids, it changes. Because nobody wants their kids and grandkids to have the same dysfunction they live. When you start thinking about legacy, and what am I really leaving behind? There's no sane person under the sound of my voice that wants your kids to have the same dysfunction you have. So, I'm asking you, 
to fight in the tension. To stay in the tension between what's real. I'm not making you feel bad for what's real. I just, I, I, I don't want your kids to go through what you call normal. I don't want the legacy of your family name to be we just gave up when it got hard. We didn't know how to deal. We didn't have the tools. We didn't fight for us. We, we didn't go get all the help we could possibly get. And I don't want you to feel bad that you're in reality. As a matter of fact, write this down. Jesus always pointed towards the ideal, but he never condemned anyone who fell short of that. Now listen close. Jesus always pointed people to the best life, but he never condemned you for living your real life. There was always a tension. We never tell Jesus, Jesus, stop talking about the kingdom. You don't know how bad it is under Roman oppression. No, no, no. I know exactly how bad it is here. I'm just preaching about there. There was always a tension between what's ideal and what's real. And I, and I never want you to think this church, that you're not, I don't care where you come from, what kind of religious background you got, you're not in a church today going to point our fingers at you and say, you're wrong for what you did. Your relationships failed. You messed up. You divorced. You, you re- whatever it is you think bad about. Listen, you, I, we will not condemn you for where you are, but at the same time, I will not dumb down God's best for you. I want you to keep striving and the tension for what God has best for you. I want to keep pointing you towards. I want to keep telling you to get back up today and fight for the best. And so you, 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 you sit through this relationship series week after week and you unpack all these sermons together and you think, man, I've dropped the ball. Man, we've never made it. Man, I've already messed up. Man, well, I messed up sexually. I messed up in this relationship. I messed. Man, I've, uh, we, we've already gone too far. We've said too much. And we're too broken. Look into my eyes. You are never too broken that God can't fix everything about your life. Never, never. Never. I don't care what anybody told you. They lied to you. You, you, you write that down. I, that's how emphatic I'm. You are never too far. Don't worry about some craziness somebody told you about. You go. You can. As long as you're alive, the God of the universe is reaching for you, and He wants to give you what's best. He wants to give you what's best. You say, "Well, we've already broken it. That's okay. You can pick back up and love again." Well, I've we've already walked away. That's okay. God, God can listen. God can fix your heart. God can fix you. So that you'll get in the right relationship. And, and I'm going to give you the one way. I really think if I were to close this series out, I said, God, if, if I'm going you know, to bring the final message, what, what, what will now be the final message of this series, what's the one thing that I could bring to you today that would, sort of, that would give you a, the, the tool that you need, the, the best tool in your tool belt for an ideal relationship? Every relationship, marriage, coworkers. On your job, listen, it's always funny to me when I meet people who say, Pastor, I don't understand, every relationship I got, just I, I can't get along with guys. I just, I just I can't get along with girls. You know, I, just, I just have a problem with that. I, I'm gonna, let me take 10 seconds here, and I'm going to give you some, some Southeast Arkansas wisdom. You listening to me? You ready? If there's always a disaster behind you, you're probably the tornado. I'll give it to you more than that. I'll go deeper south of Arkansas than that. You ready for this? If it's always a circus in your house, you're probably the clown. <laughs> uh, that's not in the Bible, but it ought to be. It's not them, it's you. It's not them, it's you. Every relationship on your job, I just can't find the right coworkers. I just can't find the right office environment. It's probably you. I just, I, I don't get along with, I, I would join a small group pastor, but I just don't get along with couples. It's probably you. 
I, I just, I, we just can't, you know, uh, we keep going. I don't know. I, I keep working. It's probably you. You can't change them. You can only change you. Marriage didn't change them. It's, it's not going to change. You can only work on you. You got to find the thing that you can do. I'm going to give you the one thing that I really feel like God, Paul would write to all the Christians and, 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 and it would write to all the Christians in Ephesus. And, and, and most people believe Ephesus, there were, there were multiple congregations there. Ephesus really became the epicenter, one of the epicenters of, of Christianity in, in, in the modern world. And here's what he said in, in Ephesians 5 and 21. This is the one thing. He says, submit to one another. If I didn't say anything else, that's enough for you to go home and fix every relationship in your life. And, and I know it's countercultural, and I'm, not, I'm honestly not trying to be divisive or hard. I'm really not, I promise. But the word submit becomes a cuss word in, in the 21st century. I don't submit to nobody. I'm going to do my own. Take my earrings out. And diary of a mad little white guy. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, it's everybody. I'm just, nobody tells me nothing. I ain't telling nothing. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do my own You can do that. See how long that lasts in your marriage. See how long that lasts in every job you ever leave. See how why you, why you can't get connected with any other person. Submission is a godly, you will never have fulfillment in any relationship in your life. From your marriage, to your kids, to your job, to your coworkers, till you learn submission to one another. Submit to one another. Now here, here's the operative part. I didn't highlight it, but this is the operative part of this verse. Out of reverence for Christ. Underline that in your Bibles. Out of reverence for Christ. Everybody's submitting to everybody. I didn't put this in your notes, but write this. Here's the, here's, here's the big idea. It's mutual submission. It's I'm submitted to you and you're submitted to me. It's we're submitted to the vision of the house. It's we're, we're submitted to, 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 to where God's bringing. We're submitted to the calling that we have. We're submitted on our jobs. We're submit our children. We're, submit, there's mutual submission all, all around us. Not weird. Now listen, I'm not talking about weird submission where you walk in with a club talking about I'm, in, I'm the man, hear me roar. You know what I'm saying? And you don't wear a shirt. Whatever, like no, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about beating your chest, talking about you're the man or you're the woman. I know we make fun of that, but listen, keep looking straight ahead, men. There's some of you go home with somebody who tells you well, the way it's going to be all the time. Every t- they're, they're always in charge. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about manipulation and 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 I'm I'm in charge. Submit to me every time I do marriage counseling. Not every time. Uh, every time I counsel anybody in first service, they always te- all the men always. T- <laughs> All the men always text me and go, Pastor, just don't, you know. And, and they always bring up the other part of this verse. Ephesians 5, there's a part that says, Wives, submit yourself to your husbands. Every man. You ain't read your Bible in 10 years, and you know that one. That's the one verse you got. Wives, Pastor, I just want to, I just, I think this is really what we're dealing with. I know you've been praying, but I really think that God told me to tell you that you probably need to tell her this. <laughs> wives, submit your, do you know that wives, submit yourself to your husband? Is after he says, submit yourself to one to another. That the reason she's not submitted to you is because you're not submitted to God. That there's divine order in all of creation. Corinthians talks about that divine order. There's divine order in the book of Genesis. God created man. Out of man he created woman. Man and woman had kids together. It's divine order. Everything in creation works in divine order. And if you're out of order, it will never work in your life. If you aren't submitted mutually to one another, you're never going to have a relationship that's successful long term and fulfilled. Mutual submission. It's, I'm submitted to everybody. It's everybody serving everybody. And here's why we do this. Listen close. We don't do it because they deserve it. 
You don't submit to your partner, your spouse, the person you're in relationship with, your boss, the person at the office. That You don't do it because they deserve it. Because the fact of the matter is, if you're honest, there are times in your life when you aren't worth revering. There are times in my life I am not worth Brandy and my two children revering. There are times when I lose my temper, say what I shouldn't, I lead incorrectly, I lead out of emotion. There are times when I'm not worth following, but they don't follow because I'm me. They do it out of reverence for Christ. It is not because they deserve your reverence. It's because God deserves my reverence. It's because I'm submitted to God, so I'm submitted to you. Let me just let me pause here and pastor you for just a moment. This is why you have a tough time finding a home church. Because if you never get bought in and sold out and submitted one to another, then it's never going to work out. You got to get submitted. You got you, you got you got to have a family where you say, "I'm all in on this family. I, I put all the chips in on the table." There's mutual submission, and it ought to be the hallmark of every relationship of your life. And let me tell you what it means. Write this down. Mutual submission means that I'm leveraging. I'm going to leverage my time my power and my influence for you. For you. I'm going to leverage my time, my influence, my power. Let me go ahead and add some more. My money, my emotions, my emotional bandwidth. I'm going to give more to you than ESPN. I'm going to give more to you than Angry Birds or, 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 or Instagram. I'm going to give more to you... Than, than Fortnite. I'm gonna, <laughs> am I helping you? I'm going to give more to you than shopping. I'm going I'm, I'm to leverage everything I've got. I'm going to leverage my time, my power, my influence for your benefit. It doesn't matter if I'm the mother, I'm the father, I'm the husband, I'm the wife, I'm the son, I'm the daughter, I'm the sister, I'm the brother. I'm not in this for me. I'm in this for you. I'm leveraging what I, I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to carry your burdens for, I'm going to get underneath your burdens. I'm going to help you carry what it is that you've got. Because I, this is, come here, Eric, hurry, hurry, hurry. Come, come this way. Come, come this way. Hurry. Faster than that. Over here, buddy, I'm right-handed. So mutual submission looks like this. You're carrying burdens. You got stuff. You got problems, issues. Are you perfect? Nope. You've got a beautiful red beard. I will give you that. But you're not perfect. There, there's nothing perfect about it. Am I going to do this because you deserve it? Nope. Have you failed? You bet you have. Are there problems? Are there stuff I know about you nobody else does? You bet there are. But mutual submission means I'm going to get underneath you and I'm going to carry your burdens with you. I'm going to carry you along. I'm, I'm going to let you lean on. I'm going to leverage everything I got. You can be weak. Because I'm going to lean on, I'm going to leverage what I got. Now look, what happens when he leverages what he's got to carry me. Now we're moving forward together. Now we're picking each other up when you're down and when you're out. and When you're lost, when you don't know what to do. When you think, man, this isn't going to work. Now I'm leveraging everything I got for him and he's leveraging everything I got. That's kind of weird. It probably should have been my wife. But anyway. It's getting underneath their burdens and leveraging your strength for them. Not because they deserve it. You got to hear me on this. If you wait till they're worth it, it's never going to work. 
If you wait till they deserve it, it's never. You know why I do it? I don't, I don't, I don't carry your burdens. By the way, this works in the church too. This works in a church family. I carry your burdens not because you're worth it. I carry your burdens not because my spouse deserves it all the time. I do it out of reverence for Christ because Jesus got under my burdens of all of my sins. He didn't sin. He didn't lie, cheat, steal, mess up. He didn't have addictions and problems and thoughts and anger and temper. He didn't have any of that. I did, but He got underneath my burdens and carried all of my sin to the cross. And that's why I carry yours. Because the New Testament says that with whatever measure that you measure mercy and forgiveness. This is the hardest thing I think the New Testament says. That's the same measurement it comes to you. In other words, when you stand before God and there's a, there's a measurement of mercy, God says, I want to know, I want, show me the measuring stick you used with your spouse. Well, you don't know, God. She, she's, she's too hard to live with. You don't know, God, what he's messed up with. You don't know how bad they are. No, 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 I just want to know. I just want to know, did you get underneath their burden and carry them like I did you? That, that's the measuring stick. That I, 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 don't, I, don't do it, I don't do it because you deserve You know what Jesus said in John 13? Jesus said, the Father has given me all, all power in heaven and earth. The Father gave to me. And immediate, the very next verse after Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth belongs to me. The very next verse, he kneels down and washes his disciples' feet. You know why? Because the only way you're going to have real relational authority, the only way you're going to have influence is mutual submission. I'm going to leverage my power, my influence, my authority for you. For you. It's, it's the most powerful dynamic I think you can have in your relationships. And, 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 and let, me, let, let me give you, let me give you the, the phrase that you need to learn. Let me give you some practical steps that you need to, you need to study. Here, here it is. Henry, come play something sad so they think I'm done. The message of mutual submission is this, that I'm here for Look into my eyes. Let me tell you what's different about this church and every other church you've ever visited. Is this church doesn't exist for you. I know that sounds hard and you think, Pastor, you've lost your mind. <laughs> We're not building a church for church people. We, we, I, 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 I love you. I, I want you a part of what God's doing here. I, I, I feel called to pastor you and help you and disciple you and teach you and train you. And, but really the ultimate calling God has on my life for you and this church is to mobilize you. So, so we say it this way, that the, the church doesn't exist for us, but we're the church and we exist for the world. So you come here and you think, man, I don't like the music here. Well, that's fine, we didn't do it for you. <laughs> I don't like being in a movie theater. That's okay, hundreds of people do. Well, I, w I wish we had longer. Uh, okay, we didn't make this whole service for you. There are times I preach where, I, where, where I'm encouraging you. I think this is a series that's going to happen. Next week, it's all for you. But, but the overarching thing we, we, we planted this church for is I'm here for others. Now listen, that's the same attitude you have to, I'm, I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. I didn't get married so you'd be like me. You don't need, let, let me tell you one of the biggest, this ain't even on notes. Uh, let me just, it's second service and I'm wild. <laughs> let me tell you, the, one of the biggest lies of Hollywood about relationships is that you've got to be compatible with somebody. 
Nowhere in the Bible does it say you got to be compatible. You know what you mean when you say compatible? You mean somebody like me. You don't need nobody else in this world like you. <laughs> We're different and that's okay. You don't need somebody. Well, she don't like what I like. That's okay. You didn't marry you, partner. You married her. Well, he don't like what I like. You don't have to be compatible. You're not here for you. I'm, I'm here for you. Regardless of what you've done. Regardless of how bad it is. We've got to be mutually submitted to one another. It will solve every relationship problem you've got. I'm telling you. If you'll learn this simple phrase. Write this question down. We'll close our notes. Write this down. What, what, what can I do to help? What, what can I do to help? Wives, women who are looking to get married one day, ask your guys, is there anything I can do to help? He's probably going to grunt something like, I'm all right, I'm fine. <laughs> but you know what it's going you know to communicate? That this whole world's not about me. That I recognize the pressure you're under. That I see what you're carrying, the responsibility you have. What can I do to help? Men, let me check. Look at men. We got young ears in here, so I got to be careful. Look in my eyes. You want to have a good night? What can I do to help? Your wife is, is, is probably going to tell you nothing because she doesn't want to burden you with more stuff. She knows how much you carry. She, she doesn't she don't, she don't want you to, but she does want to know that you're in it for her, not for you. What can I do to help? Man, it's not because you're not at the top of the food chain, by the way. Men, let me just go ahead and tell you because you're the smarter one. Because we ain't the smarter one. Come on, everybody. God did not go. Well, he's, he looks better. He is smarter than her. That ain't it. <laughs> that ain't why God did it. You need her. I need my wife. I don't pastor alone. You're crazy. You, you look at the success of this church. You look at hundreds and hundreds of people who, who've been saved here, baptized here, who call this place home. A, a, a few of them like my preaching, and I mean a very few. <laughs> All of them love her. All of them do. Now listen, we do this together. I, we, we, I'm, I'm, what can I do to help you? We're in this together. Is there anything I can do to help? And, and if you'll learn to ask the question, is there anything I can do to help? Here's what happens. It literally becomes a bridge to submission. And so the question will force you. And he, 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 here's the reason I preach this to you every February. Because I want you to lean in and not pull away. Because I want couples to lean in to a healthy marriage. That it can happen. That, that God has a plan. That, that, that it really can be better. I want single women and single adults and single moms and single dads. I want you to lean in to God has a plan. You don't have to live like everybody else. You don't have to settle for what. You don't have to pull away when the tension gets in. With a, with a pastor, you don't know what real life is. No, no, no. I know what you're living real, but I can't dumb down the ideal that God has. I just want you to lean into the tension and say, it's not perfect yet, but I'm not giving up on it. It's not right yet, but I'm not giving up. I'll, do, I'll lay everything I've got aside for you. I'll fight for you. I'll, I'll, I'll stay here for you. I, I, I'll help you. We'll go together. Come on, somebody. We'll get up together. We'll worship together. We'll go to church together. One of the, one of the things that, one of the reasons I'm here today, listen, 
One of the reasons I'm preaching to you today is because my mama didn't bring me to church alone. My daddy came. My mom and dad, do you know that 90% of families are more likely to have both or, or, or all of their children in church when dad comes and not just moms? 90% will go together. We'll serve together. Don't let her be the only one giving, serving, praying, worshiping. We'll do this. To, I'm going to fight. I'm going to lean in and not pull away. You say, well, they don't deserve my lean in. You don't know how bad they are. They don't deserve it. You're right. But you don't do it because of that. I submit to you because it's what Jesus did for me. Look, look, look what Romans says he did for me. I was helpless. I was still helpless. And at the right time, when God could have pulled away from me and said, I can't deal with that. He's ran away too much, made too many mistakes, too, too far gone, too addicted, too messed up. No, no, no. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. When you look at the world's relationships, people will barely die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. Next slide. But God demonstrates His own love. Let me tell you, God's relationship, it's that when you didn't deserve it, Christ died for you. And every relationship in your life will get better. You'll get better together when you'll submit to one another.